that input. Hello and welcome to the comment section, the number one forum for feedback. I'm your host, Spencer Crittenden, and just off the top, I want to address some controversies that showed up in the comment section. Um, A lot of people have been saying we haven't been on the air, we've been missing episodes, it's been two to three weeks without an episode, and I just want to tell you, you're wrong. We have been putting out episodes. If you can't find them, that's on you. Um, we can't, you know, we actually do the show for smart people. And if you haven't been able to find the show, then maybe you're just too dumb to listen. And that's not my problem. I Um, find it, I find it, I find it particularly disturbing Spencer, because I was in those episodes. I was away for a while and I was in these episodes that people are saying never happened. I know that's the thing is we welcome back Jeff Davis, the rightful host of the show. I mean, we honestly did a big song and dance. There was an orchestra, you know, um, uh, uh, the, the what's his name? Robert Durst, the famous Jinx character. <laughs> he stopped by. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Durst. <laughs> Fred uh, Durst, his mm-hmm. dad, Robert Durst's dad, Fred Durst. I think mm-hmm. the timeline checks out. Yeah. Um, Great, great uh, Kristen too. Durst. No, Kristen great. Dunst. Kristen Kristen Dunst. She she had her name changed to Kristen Durst. Kristen Durst. <laughs> Just for the episode that people are saying it didn't happen. I'll tell you one yeah. thing, Spencer. It's 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 it is a goddamn pleasure to be back here at that happens because for so long uh things were happening, but I was not part of the happenings, and now I'm back. Well, that's the thing. And that's what was so upsetting. People were like, did that even happen? That it seems like that didn't happen. It's like, no, that happens. That's the whole point. You can't say yeah. it didn't actually happen. It did. You're ga- yeah. you know, you're gaslighting us by saying it's not, it wasn't there. So uh, as no. the great as the great rapper and poet Tone Loke said, that's what happens when bodies start slapping from doing <laughs> the wild thing. What a name, huh? How like I, I guess was that like a stage name or was that his given name you think i think his name was tony he was tony loco if mm-hmm. i if, if memory holds and uh and, and, and you know at these in these advanced stages of my uh my twilight years uh memory really just keeps <laughs> on slipping 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 into the future. into the future yeah man uh, my in uh in elementary school my friends and i love to paradise songs like make parodies and mm-hmm. my friend had one for that song and it was bagels keep on slipping into the toaster and we had a lot of fun with that you know that's that's a solid one that's very good yeah yeah <laughs> i uh i i think i may have mentioned this before but i i'm frequent i live alone uh like a, like a hermit like in a cloistered uh you know monastery and uh I'm constantly singing and rapping and doing hilarious, hilarious bits of uh, tripsickery and uh, ledger domain. And uh, I, I, some of the songs I write, I don't write them down. You know why? Because art is not eternal. Exactly. Uh, to, to, it's like trying to catch your, uh, 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 like, a, like a firefly in the same jar twice. You know, let it, it happens once. As Buddha said, the master does his work or her work or their work, if you're totally woke, uh, and uh, walks away from it. 
That's the thing, man. I mean, we, like you were saying last week, you know, you you're the greatest artwork you've ever put together is just your life. You know, every interaction, every every little smile, you know, every tear you shed. That's just part of the grand work that is your life, and mm-hmm. it'll never be done. You know, until until the day that you uh, shuffle off your mortal coil, which is maybe I, your greatest I, work yet. I think the only downside to being me, Jeff B. Davis, is that I don't get to appreciate me in the third person, like, like the rest of you all do. I mean, every move I make is a picture, you guys, every move. Uh, mm-hmm. If I stepped in poop, um, you would go, give me some of that poop. You'd want to be in the same, you'd want to be, you'd wish you had size 14 shoes and could slip, slip on a poopy shoe and be, and just walk a mile in my, in my stink foot. <laughs> So we discussed this all in the, we discussed this all in our last episode. I, I don't know that we're going back over this again. Yeah, I just want to say that I wouldn't say it's the great tragedy, but it is to me a tragedy that I can't appreciate myself the way other people do because the version of me that people seem to hold in their heads uh, seems a lot happier and richer and like just like you know able to do things whereas me i'm just fucking like sitting on my bed you know it's like yeah. this sucks but the version of pe- of me that people like tell me about and assume of me it's like man i would love to be that person that sounds like a fucking blast i was hanging out with my brother yesterday i haven't seen him in a in a, in a month or so and uh he said that at work uh he ran into a coworker who said that he's a fan of uh, Harmon Quest. Mm-hmm. And he said that he saw you in a store or, you know, just walking down the street, kicking down the cobblestones uh, and feeling groovy. <laughs> and he, uh, he said, like, you, you didn't have the long beard and you looked a little different, but he knew that it was you. And he was too afraid to walk up to you and say hello. And he's your biggest fan. Wow. Yeah. Well, I've had bigger you know <laughs> no i don't know I, it's it, it is interesting um it's like i don't know you know you're a striking figure too but uh you know you're uh, on some level you're a hot guy and there do exist a lot of hot guys right but me i'm pretty unique even among my like trucker archetype you know i don't know i have these weird soft lumpy features that i think like are hard to miss uh people even even flag me down when i'm wearing a, a mask which is basically all the time anywhere i go anywhere I'm, I'm always wearing an n95 these days and i still occasionally get recognized by for instance a guy at 7-eleven you're, you're still doing the mask oh yeah i'm loving it it's a lot of fun to wear a mask um there, there's no. times when I there's times when I I I I'll wear it in uh, in close quarters. I, I certainly wear it in airports and on planes and like in, in public transportation, or you know lifts or Ubers or whatnot. Um, but I, I, I and I'll, I'll certainly keep one handy if somebody like requires me to wear one. But um, I, the the one thing I do miss about the mask is that I'm a mutterer. I mm-hmm. I talk a lot of shit under my breath, <laughs> and. Uh, and so I, I, I like, I, I just like, I'm, I'm constantly like, look at this fucking guy. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it like, I, I think they could still hear it through my mask, but, they, 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 but I think it's more of a perfect crime that they can't see the lip movement because I'm, yeah. a, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I, am really turning into like the, 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 the get off my lawn guy. Uh, everything, everything, not everything. I, I get, I get, I get needlessly irritable. I don't know about you. 
well, I just hate myself and everything else. So, you know, it's right. not it's not like a crankiness. It's more of this visceral, visceral kind of disgust, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm disgusted at myself that that's become something that I, I've noticed that, I, that I'm doing more and more and more. And what, what, what disappoints me about that the most is that it was a trait that I didn't like in my mother that she was mm-hmm. very difficult to please. Nothing ever pleased her. Not, I mean, that's not true. I'm, I'm over, I mean, I'm, I'm quite exaggerating that. But she was, uh, in, my, in my experience, she could be very hard to please. And like the, the expectations were often, I felt uh, a little high, sometimes maybe sure. impossibly high. But then again, that might just been my own hangup, you know, like maybe, she, maybe I just felt that there was expectations that were placed to me that, that, that there weren't. But if I'm a guy that, that doesn't like being expected to, you know, live up to high standards all the time and never be able to make a mistake. Why do I expect that of strangers in, in public settings? Because people are crazy people. Uh, in my experience, people are the worst people. And uh, they, they got to get their <laughs> shit together. Yeah, I, I heard this thing just the other day where someone says, I have high expectations of myself and low expectations of everyone else, which is... I mean, probably its own problem, but it, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard trying to put expectations on other people because first of all, people don't know that you have expectations of them. Right. But on the other hand, you know, everything, people are just disappointing. Like no one, like people are going to fail. We're, we're imperfect humans. Right. So, you know, we're never necessarily going to uh, live up to everyone else's standards. So, but you know, it's good to have highest standards of yourself, but it's also good to forgive yourself. I don't know. Maybe that person was broken too. I mean, we all are, I guess. Well, I, then I think I need to like, we need to do a, uh, like a, a crisscross, like one of those, movies where like the old guy becomes the young guy and the young guy becomes the old guy, like big or a freaky, freaky Friday, Friday or, situation. Yeah, we we got to do a freaky Friday where, cause I think I should have at this point in my life, higher expectations for myself. I'm very lazy and have no ambition. And I think I should be holding myself to a much higher, uh, uh, bar and, and li- let off on everybody else. Like leave other people just like do their thing. It's like, I, for instance, I, do you have restless leg? Have we talked about this before? Are you a restless leg person? Yeah, I think it's not. It's calmed down a little bit, but I definitely have that. Yeah. Right. And Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Hello, Kevin. Um, I, great, great um, Kevin. Good job. Well, <laughs> only when I'm trying to sleep and I'm like overtired, do I get it? In bed. When you get that point where you're so tired, you can't fall asleep. I'll get it then. And that just makes it so much worse. Do you, do you share a bed with your with your partner? Yes. Yes. Does, uh, does she have a re- reaction to that? Does, it, does she not notice? Does she she not, could not care sleep or? through a bomb going off. Nothing, nothing affects her at all. Really? Or yeah. she's just sublimating some deep, deep anguish and it's going to come out in a horrible, awful way someday. A bit of both, probably <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> okay. Because like, there was a dude. Um, I stopped drinking for a while and uh, I, it's and one of my favorite things is to go out to like a, like a restaurant and have a beer and read. And I don't want to go out and just like have like a soda or a lemonade or like a bunch of sugar and, and, and sit there and read. I don't want to sit there and just drink water and, you know, just, just be a guy taking up space. So I don't know what to do with that. But uh, I went out the other day and I was having lunch and there was a, and there was a dude in this restaurant and uh, it was a Spitz Mediterranean kind of kebab, nice. you know, sandwich drink. And, uh, and there was a dude sitting on one of the metal stools at this, you know, very large bar counter area. And he had really, really hardcore, like his leg was really going, not just like a little micro flutter, 
you know, like with, with like an, you know, an inch and a half range, I'm going to say four to five inches of, of range from top oh, to wow. bottom and at, at, at turbo speed, um, really, really, really cooking. And a, I don't know how you can live like that. I know it's a, I know it's a very common thing, I, I, but I, I'm hyper obsessed with it. I'm, I, I can't, I can't not see it. And then I can't read with that in my peripheral vision, but this guy mm -hmm. took it to, uh, to the extreme and <laughs> he was on a metal stool, like an old vintagey metal stool, a bar stool and the little lower footrest ring that goes you know, in between the legs where you can rest your foot and uh, wrestler and not rest your foot. If you have restless leg <laughs> and he was going eight to the bar, as they say. And, uh, and, but the metal, like it was loose. So the entire oh, cool. restaurant, clang, 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 clang. He had made his restless leg like like an audio visual uh, extravaganza, and I just like. But he he either doesn't notice that, which is insane, or he does notice it, and he is uh, he needs to be removed from polite society. Yeah, one of my problems with people these days is they don't really have situational awareness. So I would just, you know, negatively assume that he just has no comprehension either of the noise at all or the fact that he's making a noise that he doesn't necessarily have to make that is affecting other people. You know, people are like that all the time now. It really drives me up the wall. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people make noises like they, they tap on bars or tables or they they talk you know needlessly loud and i think a lot of that is look at me i gotta be me like it's just you know it's just reminding the world that they exist and it's you know that's that's a very human thing and also a very sad situation um <laughs> i don't get the, the feeling that this guy was saying hey listen and look at me i think that his anxieties are such that whatever drives it like he he's hearing so much other stuff like there's so much other feedback coming through his antenna that that the last thing he's going to notice is that he's making a racket yeah so i don't know it's not good send him all the moon yeah but not vip moon yeah you know, I, i'm a car nose picker i'm a car nose picker I'll, I'll i'll come i'll come right out and admit this everybody um if you're gonna if you're gonna clear out the nostrils and you think you got a rampant bogey up there and you gotta you gotta you know extract it um, the car is the place to do it, but I, there was a dude walking down the street a couple blocks from my house. I was driving home and he saw me really getting up there and we both had a good laugh about it. I think <laughs> like he, <laughs> there was a moment of shock and horror on my face. And then I just started laughing and then he got, and then he, he just hit a big wide smile. And I think we shared something special on that moment. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, and I applaud your bravery in coming out, it makes, making me able to come out about this. But yeah, yeah, I when you're in the car, you know, you're never gonna see any of these fucking people again. So like, right. I, I don't care what these people see. You know, it's like it's uh, it's never gonna come back to me. You know, so right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I I love moments like of of nonverbal human communication. Like when you see a stranger and you both saw the same thing happen and it was funny or it was weird and you just do like camera takes to each other and then you both <laughs> share like, like, like you saw that happen. Right. And then like, just like just from across the room and you just get like a little nod and like that, those moments make me very happy. I like when, when a lot is said without any, uh, with any actual, you know, outright communication. I think that's humans are awesome like that sometimes. What's your, what's your current, that. 
What's your current stance on human beings right now, Spencer? Uh, I'm con. I think, you know, it's uh, okay. <laughs> so con. yeah, I'm, I'm not pro. I'm con. Um, Are you con like, with a K-A-H-N? Like you're going to come down and destroy <laughs> I'm con. us? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like we're, we're late stage pandemic. The pandemic's not over, but we are late stage or whatever. But I've, I've kind of come around. Whereas like before I was like, how dare you, you know, get other people sick, risking other people's lives. And now I'm like, pandemic could probably stand to kill a couple more people like i think i think a lot more people should go probably you know but jokes on me because those are the people that are going to survive all the people that need to get knocked off Mm -hmm. you know but it was it was weird coming to like consciously realize that oh what a a, like (laughs) malefic thing to believe and and to come around on i don't know like people you know no one wears masks on the plane and anymore and i don't know i've just witnessed conversations oh, and arguments being like it's it's dangerous to fly if you have covid but it's like they're not wearing fucking masks it's not like anyone's caring if they spread it so it's like fuck them they could all die i don't give a shit you know i don't know yeah like i i did a lot of flying we, we, I, I we took a little break over august um and but before that we did a lot of live shows and we were we were all over the yard and so it's a lot lot of airports a lot of planes and me and the boys in the uh in the cast uh are very uh pro mask while being while while on a plane and and most people are most people are um here's a here's a uh a demographic of people that don't give two fucks about masks pilots and pilots and flight crews you you see them walking with their little rolly bags and their little you know brass epaulets on and the and the uh, and the and the, and the, the flight attendant staff you know pitching down the the main drag of an airport terminal and none of them have masks on and yet the first thing they do when they get on the plane is tell you to wear a mask at all times unless you're eating or drinking and they come over and tell you to put your mask back on but these motherfuckers. Um, flouting their own uh, FAA re- required bullshit, and they're just walking around. Um, I, I, I knew a few. I, I mean, I still know them. I, I, I have some friends that have been flight attendants, and they bear out something that I've long suspected that most pilots are complete assholes. The male ones. Um, I, I've never, I've never met a female uh, airline pilot, but uh, but the, the guys that I've run into when you're at a, like a at an airport hotel and they're at the lounge or something like that, because it's always good to see your flight crew getting. You know, a, a nice buzz on the night before a flight, sure. um, or the morning of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, they, uh, I, I don't think they wear masks because I think that they think they're awesome and they're special, and uh, they, they probably are. Uh, I would say leaning towards the "don't fuck with me" ex-military, uh, like you know, conceal and carry kind of shit. I don't know. Yeah, Um, I'm sure. But if you could fly a plane, I guess you would. I mean, I would be like, I am better than these people. (laughs) I can fly a fucking plane. uh, I'm a magic man. I'm capable of flight. No, you're a bus driver. I mean, it's it's cool. (laughs) It's cool. They should call them bus pilots, right? Don't you think? Bus pilots. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, I, 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 no, I, I, as, as somebody who flies a lot, the last thing I should be doing is talking shit to, to, uh, to the flight crew. Um, no, I, I think it's an, it's an awesome job. I don't know how they do it because it, those seats are little and they're, they're in that cockpit for a very, very long time. They're on there before you get on and they're, they're out of their way after you're off. And, uh, uh, so I, I man, I don't know how you do it. Well, I, I okay, got to, so- I got to fly it. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh, I was just going to say that, like, it's, uh, I, I don't know, like, it's it's not been working out for them either, because flights are constantly getting canceled, because they don't have enough flight staff, everyone's sick with COVID, or, like, they don't have any fucking pilots, because the pilots all have COVID. They're like, we're trying to fly in another pilot, we're trying to get another pilot, he'll be here in six hours, so you guys have to stay on the plane, on the runway, for six hours <laughs> in your seats, yeah. with no air conditioning, because we have to fly a pilot in. It's like, after enough of that you'd expect hey maybe just maybe just wear a mask or something i don't know but on the other side i feel a bit more sympathy for employees in general um no i don't think flight staff i think like that they're excluded but i feel a bit more sympathy just because like i don't know at least for me i don't have to wear a mask all the time i wear a mask when i go in the store and then when i get out i take it off but you know if you're working eight hours a day five six seven days a week you know like then then that really starts to wear on you and once once you're like i don't have to wear a mask then i can see like man it's hard to go back to wearing a mask for like eight hours a day you know but again i feel like flight like flight and certain jobs it's like well come on you know and and even then there's still employees that wear masks the whole work shift so i don't know mm -hmm. kevin are you still experiencing long-term uh side effects or effects from covid no none at all i'm i'm so happy it's 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 okay. gone now it's it's completely right. gone what, what, what was the yeah, total kevin duration had ivermectin total duration of it yeah like, um, of your symptoms it was it was probably a, a year total, I think, of Jeez. just, you know, weird smells and not being able to smell anything else and all that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, th I think I'm back to normal now. Never want that again. Speaking of weird smells, um, when I... It's time for a segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fart corner! Uh, <laughs> so you, you know about this, uh, your, your, your intestinal biome, you know about all this? Oh yeah, I was just talking the other day that I want a fecal transplant, Jeff. I would go ahead. I, I, my friend, my ex girlfriend Laura, she knows a guy that had one of the, if not the first fecal transplants. Wow. I now I, I've done precious little reading up on the fecal transplant, uh, transplant operation or scene or whatever it is. Do they put someone else's poop in you? My understanding is you poop or uh, or a guy poops, you know, patient zero poops, healthy man right. poops, and then right. they blend it up in a common kitchen blender, and then they use that to fill a capsule, you know, like a classic pill capsule, and right. then either you eat it or you shove it up your butt. I think that's how I it think works. It's, I think it's the shove. Yeah, it's it's the shove. Yeah. Which I I think I could get down with that. That seems good. You know they're saying so they, that, they, like, they, healthy. They, they don't yeah, tell you to eat shit. They don't tell you to eat shit. They just tell you to shove it up your ass. I love that. That's uh, <laughs> so you take a little anyway. You take a suppository of somebody else's poop and a gel cap, and you shove it up your rump, and then you wait. That that dissolves, and now those microbiotic or whatever the hell biome good like good good guys go up there and eat up all the bad guys. Yeah, yeah that's my understanding. Um, which, you know, I've heard that that people who are good at maintaining their weight, even when they eat a lot of food, like, you know, there's people who can eat whatever they want and not gain weight, right? You know, those people have like completely different gut biomes than people who like retain a lot of weight. So I'm like, you know, it's stupid to go like, here's my magic pill. But at the same time, it's like, man, I could get a butt pill and start losing weight. That would be amazing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That that seems like a bridge too far for me. Shoving up some, I, I, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd have to know a lot more about this person who donated the the the, the awesome poop. And also, what's what right. sort of fucking tribunal judges whether or not this guy's poop is the best poop? I mean, whether it's like they these. Uh, I don't know. You got to find well, a good donor, I guess. But I mean, Jeff, you eat ass, right? I mean, it's no different. Oh, I I eat ass like with both hands, man. I get in there like like if you you've seen the uh, the Fourth of July Coney Island hot dog eating contest. I, 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 <laughs> oh no! And here's a secret: if you want to eat a lot of ass in, in ten minutes minutes you first you take the buns apart and then you dunk them in water right it, it makes it makes the ass easier <laughs> to ingest damn man that's really good i wonder that's that's such a like a home run i gotta imagine other people have made that joke but that's perfect i've never heard that at all I, I mean, I, I there's, there's nothing new under the sun. I did not know that the taking the buns part was going to be, I, it all really came together in an in in, in awesome fashion. So uh, I can't claim total credit. That was, that was, that was just the magic of the moment there. Sure. That's um, the magic. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring up the, uh, the, the biome and the gut thing, I, I, uh, I like kefir and I'll, I'll throw a little kefir in a smoothie. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you get, you get that probiotic jazz going on in there. I made a smoothie that was the worst smoothie of all time. I, I wasn't really paying attention to this recipe I was looking at. And they wanted a bunch of yogurt, but I just said, so I'll, I'll just substitute kefir. I put a whole lot of kefir in this smoothie, and it was very bitter, mm -hmm. and it was very nasty. And my farts for the next 40, 50 hours smelled like, um, like an industrial process gone bad. I don't know. It was bad. Like, you know it's bad when your own farts are... Um, like they worry you it was a worry <laughs> well and when so you're I, no when it when it's notable when you're like something has changed in yeah. my butt so like it's already it's always like this happened to me a couple times where it's like wait and then you got to do like uh detective work where it's like well what even happened well yeah i i, I had to go back like, like okay something dietary or like you know some some sort of life decisions uh, like something i'm being punished for something oh you know what Maybe the kefir. And so I, if you if you want to, and I, I really suggest that you do, type in kefir and gas. Does, does kefir give you gas? Um, mm -hmm. The answer is you'll get a million, a million awesome articles on that. And the answer is uh, yes, it, yes, it does. I think I, I, I flew a little too close to the sun and had, had put too much uh, kefir. Uh, that, and yeah, it was end to the buen, as they say in Espanol. <laughs> they say that? I do. I had, um, I, this was a while ago, but I, I saw these garlic knots on the internet. I want to mm -hmm. go try them. They were basically just like full cloves of garlic were in the garlic knots. Uh, there was like, uh, they were big, like the size of like a steamed bun, like a bow. Um, but they, they had like, probably each of them had like 20 garlics in them. And right. honestly, it sucked. I love garlic, but these just taste bitter. They didn't taste very garlicky. It just it tasted bad and then i was like i paid fucking 20 bucks for these and it sucked and then that night like my guts were just on fire like i just like i just had the worst indigestion you know like intestinal yeah. gas like all night and i was like well i'm not going to sleep tonight i'm just gonna bear down and try and feel pain i suppose yeah like i i, I love garlic i currently i've washed my hands 10 times i reek of garlic right now because i just cleaned a bunch of garlic cloves and made a very garlicky um um kind of tuscan bean soup for lunch today it was very good nice and uh, i I'm, I'm the garlic man dino samotopoulos <laughs> our, our good friend uh when he cooks he 
preps the night before he cuts up um he gets three thousand cloves of garlic minces it up and puts it in a big corningware bowl and soaks them in olive oil overnight and then a giant ladle of that goes in everything that he makes um so like if you get a mojito there's garlic in it like everything has garlic and, and he made some um I exaggerate uh <laughs> he he made some dish that was so garlicky i was like oh this is great i love it it's a, this is actually hurting there's so much garlic in it i went home and thought i was having a heart attack it actually gave me like i was my, my chest was seizing up and I, I i think it was there was there was too much garlic i, I yeah. it, uh, it it really hurt that'll hurt uh kevin has posted in the chat abed g I can't listening to this. I can't listen to this. You're making it so I can't eat my burrito. So, you know, as I said, this is the comment section. Uh, wow. We welcome this sort of feedback. And I just want to respond. Hey, Abed, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So, uh, you know. What Abed doesn't know is that uh, before uh, Abed's uh, burrito was delivered to his home, uh, we uh, we pooped in it. We put... Uh, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, last. If, if if some of you are wondering why we took a little time off in August, it's because Kevin sent us um, a home uh, poop pill uh, pressing uh, factory, uh, and so we've been pressing our own poopy pills. And uh, so Abed, um, those weren't beans. I'm not, I, that's all I'm saying, those weren't beans. <laughs> those weren't beans. Uh, that, these were trademarked. That happens. Uh, gut chocolate poopies. Chocolate poopies. Uh, Abed, recently, you guys. Um, hello, Abed. Good, to, good to see you or hear you or. I'm just glad see that your you're text responding on to screen. Us. Yes, yes. Sure, glad, yeah. glad, glad, glad that you're involved in some manner on the show. Um, <laughs> Abed has been sending me a series of the most abstruse, abstract, um, impenetrably odd uh, messages and photos and videos. Um, he and Justin Roiland, I think. I don't know if they were all on acid or if it was just Abed. I don't but, know, man. That doesn't sound like Abed at all. Well, he, I think he was Abed. Text Kevin if you were on acid when you when you sang your Kelsey Grammer song. Uh, Abed boasts uh, his uh, an amazing ability to imp improvise songs as Kelsey Grammer doing Frasier. He should make an album. I think people would buy that. You know. Yeah, I. Uh, I sat and looked at these over and over and over again. There's another photo of him hanging out with two guys that both look like they were auditioning for Poop Deck Pappy from the Popeye uh, cartoons. <laughs> I got that text too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he, yeah, he's on some sort of like lanai or veranda or porch or patio. And, uh, and there's two kind of gray, salty dog looking old dudes and Abed's in the middle. And it, I'd like to think that, uh, that Abed is just going in some sort of Ken Kesey and acid like adventure with, 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 with a couple old timers. And yeah, uh, it's, he, yeah, it's he, interesting to be on the outside of stuff like that. And to just be like filling the gaps, like mentally, like I don't even, I'm sorry. I yeah. cut you off. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe that's why I stopped drinking. Uh, th those, those messages were so weird. I was like, I, 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 I thought maybe I had completely lost touch. Like, like I was having some sort of mental, like, you know, schism, uh, that I, I was broken with reality. Man, Cause yeah, yeah. I, I got this, I got these series of texts from, from Justin Roiland who I, you know, we don't frequently text each other. Um, but I love and adore Justin and, uh, and he was saying like Abed's really hurt, like you're like like he's really bummed out about that thing that you did. 
And I was like, what? Like, I was like, oh, I don't think he misunderstood something. And then it escalated. Then it, then it was, then they called me and it was, it was laid out for me that Abed was uh, tripping tits on, uh, on LSD, which uh, sure. I'd like to be in the room for that. I, I, I'd like to just be Jane Goodall and like hide under a banyan tree and just take notes while Abed is on fucking <laughs> lucidogens. Yeah, um, I, I think like only getting the the pieces of it that are at their discretion is gonna like, you know, you avoid a lot of the most interesting aspects. You just get like, you know, it's all, again, it's all the all the intervening moments and details that I think really tie the room all together. They they put together the portrait of of you know where uh, I don't even know. You know Abed's a interesting guy. He lives he an interesting life. Speaking of Jane Goodall and and, and, and anthropology and, and the study of the, of the of the great apes, um, did you see Nope the movie? No, but I did read it on Wikipedia, and uh, well, no, you go first. I, I'll I'll fill in after. No, I I don't want to go on and on about it. Maybe people haven't seen it. Maybe people have strong opinions either way. Um, I really enjoyed it because <clears throat> so I didn't know anything about it. I I, I knew that I, I heard that it was weird. I, I but so I just I went in completely cold, which is just how I like to go into a film. And I mm -hmm. uh, saw it in the theaters and uh, that fucking chimpanzee scene that really stayed with me. That really, uh, that really, that, that fucked me up. Uh, well, that's actually what I was going to comment on is that um, it turns out that that scene was taken from a dream that Jordan had and it was like years before the movie and he like tweeted about it. He was like, I, I just I woke up from this dream where there was this chimpanzee that like attacked people in like a film set and i was cry i woke up crying and then that was like years ago and then you know fast forward to now nope came out and i found that really interesting because i'm like an amateur uh dream symbologist and um and as a dream symbologist it's like like the the monkey and the setting and stuff it all it all speaks to on some level it can speak to feeling constrained but on the other on the other end it speaks to like the entertainment profession in general and so like that is a symbol of like like someone who's in the industry and it being like this violent hurtful place that's like where i don't know and then the whole movie of nope is like kind of on some level about creating and about the artists like uh like version in the world like how, how you have to like uh what do you call it like 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 sell yourself or sell your own experience monetize your own experiences as art like your own traumas commodify your traumas to kind of make mm -hmm. a living as an artist and it's just really interesting that symbologically um like that dream that seed dream that was at the front of the movie it breaks down into like all of those same dimensions that the movie ends up like touching on and like turning a camera at which i thought was really interesting i i would have to assume he didn't think about that he just you know he was exploring that himself but it's interesting that it lines up with like my understanding of like known dream symbols that is interesting also interesting um you have all these opinions you haven't seen the goddamn movie hey i read guy, wikipedia this, this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I i wouldn't say that you're wrong there, there, there was some symbological symbolic uh stuff in there that uh i i'd like to go back to it and watch it again because like there's there's one there's a couple images that I was like, I don't understand what that is supposed to represent, but uh, I, I let it wash over me. There's a sky boogan that shits blood on a house. And for me, that's just good filmmaking. That just, that, that's, that's given me everything that I want, nothing that I don't want. Yeah, man. It's very Evangelion. I've been watching Evangelion, Jeff. It's an anime. 
It's really crazy and fucked yeah. up and weird. Yeah. It's just got weird imagery. It's uh it's really crazy. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's uh it's a real masterpiece though, I'll say that. I love it. I, I I've just been doing my, my thing, which is I I haven't been going out and staying out of bars and stuff like that. So I've just been just watching a lot of TCM and old movies and you know, streaming a couple things. I, I'm, I'm my my tech setup at my house is so so outdated. I can't watch Netflix. I can watch it on my computer, like in front of my my home computer. I can watch mm-hmm. streaming stuff like that. But I don't like to sit in my office and watch on a small screen. I've got this giant TV downstairs. But my TV is so old, it won't use the cable, the right cable to that Netflix and all the big streaming services, Hulu and whatnot. Yeah, you need. It doesn't even carry that. There's probably a converter I could get. I don't know. Yeah, I just need probably. to get all new stuff anyway. But um, I was trying to watch uh, The Old Man with Jeff Bridges, and I and I'm watching it on. I mean, I have FX, I have cable, so I could have watched it. I didn't know that it was out, and I, I didn't want to wait, so I bought it last night, trying to watch it, trying to binge it. Every fucking thirty seconds, the wheel starts spinning and it's lagging, and it's it's just it's trying to read like trying to load it and stuff like that. Is, Kevin, you're you're a tech person. Is there a way I can get around that? Is there is there something to do with that, or you just have to? Is that just my lot in life now? I think you just gotta get Kevin to come into your house and just rip everything out and yeah. and completely redo your tech. I'm sure he could really set you up. Next time I'm in LA, I'll stop by one weekend and we'll just rip it all out and start over. That's what I want to do. I, I, I just, I, I, I want to keep a couple components. Like, like I like my, my, my audio stuff. My speakers are great. And that, you know, that's just speakers and cable and stuff like that, but I need new TV, all new flim flam. And just so I'm ready to rock on all platforms and stuff like that, because uh, I'm at the mercy of TCM and I've now seen every goddamn Joan Crawford movie <laughs> 45 times. <laughs> hey there's worse things though in life right i don't know i don't want to i don't want to watch like i don't know i I, I, i'm such a fuddy-duddy i'm like i i like i don't don't like reading popular books i i don't i wouldn't be caught dead carrying like a you know like a very popular author uh because i'm a snooty patootie and i'm all in your bazooty uh not my bazooty yeah i think that was the beastie boys who said that um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I met a little cutie and she was all on my bazooty. Uh The bazooty. Uh that that's the name of our of, of our me, Kevin, and Spencer's uh custom poop pills. That's called uh bazooty. All up in your bazooty. <laughs> we get up all uh, bazooty. We get up all uh, all up in there. Yes, we get all up in it. <sighs> Fecal transplant, man. I just say you roll the dice and just drink half a gallon of kefir and just a friend of mine came over to my house and I, I, I you know, at some point I had, I, I was inured to it. Uh, I, I didn't know <laughs> I was completely, uh, I had Dutch oven to myself to the point where I desensitized my, my olfactory uh, flim flams. And, uh, and my friend came in and she was like, Oh my God, open a window, <laughs> open up a window. And I was like, what? I, 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 I stopped smelling it. Just yeah. not good. It didn't, it didn't smell like, it didn't smell like, it didn't smell organic. It didn't smell like, uh, like, uh, like, like it, it came from the animal kingdom. It really did. It smell. smelled very corporate in your apartment. Yeah. Very factory like, what, what farm. T- one time I, I'd, I'd gone to a, like a friend's pool party, Ray Pruitt, you know, you know, Ray. And, uh, sure. he had a, he's he had the a guy in Dan party. Harmon's raps. Yes, he is. Uh, and uh, hello, Ray, if you're listening out in Sparkle Farm outside of Austin, Texas. Um, and uh, 
he, somebody had brought uh, hash cookies and I, I had too many of them. And it was, I think it was Thanksgiving. It was because I was eating a lot of tofurkey. And this was kind of early days of tofurkey. Tofurkey has evolved into the fantastic product that it is now. Um, and it's my friends from Red Meat, the, the great country band from uh, Oakland, California. Tofurkey is faux turkey like no turkey I know. Uh, <laughs> there's other lyrics to it. It's very good. And uh, written by Scott from Red Meat. Uh, but I ate a lot of synthetic uh, turkey and I got really high on hash cookies and I got well drunk. I don't know how I made it home. I could have walked it, but I don't think I did. All I know is I woke up very well rested at like 3 p.m. the next day, like partially dressed. No idea how I'd gotten there or what had gone on the night before. I completely just really overdid it on the, on the weed or the hash and the and probably cheap beer and and, uh, and pickled eggs, if I know Ray Pruitt. And... <laughs> I, I, but I, I must have slept for like 12, 13 hours and I felt great. And I'm walking around and I look into my bathroom and it, there was just puke everywhere. But again, it was not, it didn't look like puke. It, it was the, the color of like, if you, you ever make a, like a model airplane or like a model battleship, it's that it was um, naval balsa battleship. Wood? Oh, huh? I, I thought or, you were going to say balsa wood, but I think you're going a darker color. No, it, it's, it was battleship gray. It was, it looked right. like gray model paint. My toilet was filled. It looked like somebody opened up a can of battleship gray paint and just filled it with it and then, and then dropped the can and splattered it all around the room. And uh, so I wonder if any other vegetarians out there have eaten enough fake meat to where your puke is an inorganic shade of gray. It was, uh, it was alarming. That is, yeah, that is horrifying to imagine. And I, I love imagining things, but that is... I can't even, I'm trying to do the math on like what, what puts that all together. Because I'd, 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 I'd also eaten, you know, sweet potatoes and stuffing and, you know, probably some sort of corn and, you know, other, you know, some green beans and other, other things that you have on the Thanksgiving. Um, I, I broke bread with some of my Native American tribal friends that had stopped by and they, we learned how to uh, plant a fish in the dirt and grow a, a maize. And, uh, wow, you and gave we all, them smallpox blankets? Yes. Yeah. Um, I like that, that people go to corn mazes, like out, out, in the, out in the Midwest. I wonder if Native Americans uh, go to maize corns. Hey, oh, that's our time, folks. Thanks so much for coming out. <laughs> that's got to be somebody uh, no. else's. Uh, anyway, uh, inorganic. Yeah, so, like, sometimes it made me wonder if Tofurky, like, what, what's. I, th I think I need to visit a tofurkey plant and see what exactly it looks like, like as it's go going into the hopper and coming out of the yeah. extruder. But that's so light. It's so light colored, like the gray, you'd have to have like a lot of blue or something to kind of like chill out all the reds of the, of the potatoes and stuff. I'd imagine. I don't know. It wouldn't have been the hash cookies. Those were just oatmeal cookies with a lot of hash in it. Right. Yeah. You'd see that in the cookies. But uh, yeah, I, I, so, I, I, mean, I did. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say you go on. You've been on tour. Like, are there any highlights of the tour? I'm sure you've talked a lot about touring just in your casual life. But like, what's it been like? I mean, you know, touring's kind of your life. And so you, you have a lifestyle about it. But what, have there been any real crazy events? Anything super notable? Well, last time I was on the show, I, 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 we, talk, we talked about me cracking my head in Toronto, right? I don't remember that, but you know, I don't we not pay talk attention about to you talking. <laughs> I don't oh. think so. Kevin's shaking his head. Okay. Well, it, God, I really thought we, we, you must have really hit your head. 
No shit. Um, we didn't talk about the scar above my eyebrow. Can you see that at all? I don't think we talked about that. I can't yeah. see it. Um, it's a little, little line right it. there, right here. Um, I, I was maybe we were up in uh, Ontario doing a lot of Canada gigs and uh, we had a day off in Toronto and I, I was walking down the main drag on King street and I, I'd went to an, uh, to a hotel down the road. It's kind of a nice hotel. I had a nice breakfast. I had, you know, a little some pastries and a, and a juice and uh, a little cortado coffee. And I was reading my book and I was, you know, fantastic. We had a full day off in Toronto, which is rare that we get a nice day off in a big city. Sometimes we do. And my favorite thing is like, like, oh, it's, it's Toronto. I know exactly where I'm going to go have lunch. And I know exactly where I'm going to go have dinner. It's a great food town. There's all sorts of international awesomeness there. So I timed it right. I was not drinking. I mean, I had probably drunk the night before. Uh, but I was not, you know, drunk in any way or, or hungover. And I was cruising down the street to go to this pizza place that I like on King Street. And it's about not quite a mile walk from where I was. And I walk in on the road to light drizzle. I have an umbrella with me just in case it starts to really rain, but I like the light drizzle. And, uh, and so I'm cruising and I get to the pizza joint right when they open at 1130. And I, I knew what I, what I was going to order. Cause they have awesome uh, Neapolitano pizza and they're closed for, uh, for renovations. It didn't say that on the, uh, on the website or on Yelp and shit. So mm -hmm. I was disappointed. They go, well, there's the, there's the other location that's down towards downtown. I go, I was just there, but I like this one better because the decor is nicer and is more, this is kind of a cooler area. And they go, yeah, well, that's, that's all you got. So I start walking back. And again, it's drizzling. It's, it's noon on a very busy lunchtime sidewalk downtown Toronto on King Street. And I start feeling like weird. I start feeling really funky. And, and I was like, what? I just didn't feel right. And I started to kind of tunnel vision, like my field of vision mm -hmm. just started to kind of just close in. And then I couldn't really walk right. My legs weren't really responding. Like I just felt really, really wonky. And I was looking for a place to sit down. And because it's Toronto, it's endlessly under construction downtown. They've been fixing the same sidewalk uh, for like since Margaret Trudeau was prime minister. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's, I had, it took me a while. To, there's, there, it's, you, you, if you say any name and put Trudeau on it, it was probably a prime minister at some point. Uh, so Ted Trudeau. Uh, so it, it, I, there was nowhere to sit down. I couldn't find a bench. I couldn't find like a bus stop, you know, to sit down. I just wasn't feeling good. And I'm, I'm looking for like a cafe or a restaurant to go into, but it was all scaffolding and it was nothing open. It was like banks and stuff like that. And I was like, I need to sit down. And I remember the last thing I remember is me using my umbrella because I, I couldn't, I couldn't just sit down and I didn't really want to sit down because it was a dirty, drizzly construction yeah. zony sidewalk. It was going to be, you know, a little gunky. And I was like, fuck it. I got to sit down. I'm going to, I'm going to fall over. And the last thing I remember was using my umbrella to cut like, a, like as a cane to kind of lower myself down. That's the last thing I remember. The next thing I know I'm in an ambulance and and uh, there's, you know, there's two EMTs above me. Uh, and to paint the picture, these guys were incredibly good looking. They, like, these guys looked like, um, like they would be like, like, like the guys that you would root for, like in a Big Brother episode or, or something like that. Like, <laughs> they, like reality, reality show hot. But these guys, you know, were here to help and not be um, extraordinary douchewads. And but they had like sexy tattoos. And these guys were like, like, like they could be in the movies. And um, so I'm fucking him. 
And I mean, <laughs> I mean, fucking. Him. And uh, wake up, fucking some hot guys. That's very Jeff, isn't it? <laughs> I gave them a little vitamin D, if you know what I'm talking about. So uh, they so they start asking me questions like, "Do you know where you are?" And I was like, "No." Am I in the jungle, baby? Like I'm laying down on a on a, on a stretcher in the back of the the back of the ambulance and we're, we're moving. We're going to go into an emergency room. And I go, uh, no, I don't know where I am. And they go, do you know what your name is? And I said, like, I kind of paused for a second. I'm like, Jeff. And they're like, yes, that's correct. <laughs> and, uh, they said, uh, would you be in, um, Toronto by any chance? And I said, I, I, I do remember saying this. I'm like, why would I be in Toronto? And I took my phone out of my pocket and, um, and I noticed that there was a plastic bag with my hat, you know, that flat cap I was always wearing that's in the trash mm-hmm. now because it was caked in blood. Oh, so yeah, there's a little picture of my scar. Um, oh, yeah. they did a good job of sewing me up. Uh, and, uh, so there's just a bag full of blood. Oh, that, that picture right there uh, that Kevin is showing, we were back in Toronto after I got my stitches showed up, so- sewed up. I went back to Toronto like three or four days later and went back down King street to retrace my steps and find the place that I felt that right there is my blood stain that I left. And, uh, thank God it was a busy afternoon and it was a bunch of people there. So somebody wants to see me immediately just go down and nobody stole my wallet or my phone or anything. And they were being very awesomely nice and Canadian. And I took a, a, a very cheap, very inexpensive, uh, uh, ambulance ride to the to the thing and i had mild amnesia oh so i they said would you be in toronto i said why would i be in toronto and i took my phone out and i called our tour manager morgan whom you also know uh very well spencer yeah and he uh, did the harmontown tour I, I, I did i think what all tour managers love when you're on the road i asked him hey morgan uh this is jeff um should i be in toronto right now <laughs> and he and, and a little bit of a pause he goes yeah meaning we're leaving to go to Kingston or, you know, some Windsor or something else in Ontario the next day. I was like, okay, cool. Bye. Click. I'm sure that was, <laughs> uh, uh, that really made his day. Uh, and, uh, wow. So we get to the thing. It's a, it's a, it's a afternoon on a, was it a weekend? No, it was a weekday. And, uh, the ER was, um, it was, a, it was a circus. It was, it was a lot going on. There was a lot of screaming and wailing and people, you know, on various stages of drug withdrawal and people that are hurt. And, and I'm sitting there on a stretcher and, and they showed me a mirror. I was completely caked in blood. And I had a pretty awesome bandage which just soaked in blood on my head. I, I was just one big uh, gob of goo. They, <laughs> they, they sewed me up finally. I was there for several hours. They sewed me up. They gave me like a painkiller and something for the nausea because I, was, I clearly concussed myself. And I was on the, on the verge of puking, but they give you that thing, which I can't think of, uh, that makes you instantly not have to puke. And so they, they, they did a CT scan. They, they ran my blood pressure. They did blood work, but, you know, blood sugar levels, uh, EKG, the whole, the whole uh, gamut and the whole battery. And the, the doctor came in and he's like, I don't know what's, what to tell you. He's like, your numbers are perfect. Like your EKG, there's no bruising on your brain. There's no bleeding. Um, you're mildly concussed, but there's nothing no damage to your, to your brain. Uh, your heart is perfect. Your blood sugar levels are fine. Cause I just assumed I was like low blood sugar or something like that. And sure, you know, just yeah. kind of collapsed. And, uh, he's like, all your blood work, like organs, everything, all your numbers are great. And I go, so what happened? And he goes, you're really dehydrated. So I, I, I was knew just it. Dehi- 
I was just dehydrated and went splat. Thank God I, I lowered myself down halfway. Uh, it, that really could have been bad. I could have rebroken my nose. I could have smashed in my eye orbital. Um, I could have cracked my skull. Like, like all, all sorts of shit could have happened. So I, I, yeah. I, it's, it's a very lucky thing. And it's a scar that will probably in time be very un unnoticeable. Um, and if you're in Canada and you have this scar, you look like you play hockey. Uh, <laughs> I was actually on the way to a show a couple of days later with the, uh, the scar still pretty visible. And uh, like, you know, cause the stitching was still in and I was in right. a suit cause I was, I was going to the show and uh, I was asked by a woman in a restaurant. She's like, Oh, what team do you play for? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, what, what hockey team? <laughs> I'm like, you, th you think I look like a hockey player? I, I guess um, I don't have a whole lot of muscle. I hate to break it to you. Um, that happened sure. in Um, Not known for my uh, muscular uh, frame. But she's like, no, like, like apparently all hockey players, when they go to their games, they dress up. They, 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 they show up to the rink uh, in a suit. And they all have that scar above their eyebrow. Anyway, all's well that ends well. Uh, but very, very scary. And uh, it could have been so, so, so much worse. So... I've been a hydrating uh, MRFer since then and uh, like just can't drink enough water and stuff like that. But, you know, like this traveling dehydrates you. Sleeping in hotels dehydrates you. Drinking heavily dehydrates the shit out of you. And even though like I think I'm drinking water all day long, it's just you're, you're not. And uh, or I wasn't. And so cut out the booze, had a few days of like, you know, kind of uncomfortable sleep and bad withdrawals from that and stuff like that, which is not good. And my body telling me just stop. So I've been very in, in very good shape and very healthy. I'm cooking, I'm eating, I'm buying furniture and nesting and I'm doing things in my kitchen and uh, I'm working out and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm writing again on my, on my Patreon, not, not very quickly and not very good, uh, but uh, trying to get that shit done. So that was the most exciting thing. And it, it was, it was pretty freaky, but I was on stage the next night with a big bandaid on my head. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you are know, gonna yeah. if you are gonna hurt yourself, Americans, uh, do it in Canada because uh, when it was all over, when I when I left the emergency room, uh, I was like, "Do you think I'm okay to walk back like the eight blocks from my hotel?" Like, yeah, if you're not, just you know, hail a cab or call call a car or something like that. And uh, I think they advised me not to. They said call a car, but I was like, right. I'll, "I'll just walk," and, and, and that was fine because uh, they had me. I was on an IV for like you know four hours, five hours. So I was quite hydrated, yeah. but um, they um, when I, when, I, when I left to go out to the uh, to the front desk, you know, I'm used to you know if you, if you get any procedure of any kind in a U.S. Uh, ER or hospital or anything, there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of shit, you know, before you can they, they let you leave. And I walked up to the, the gal at the front desk. I'm like, do I need to sign anything or fill anything out? She goes, why? I'm like, so I'm leaving. She goes, well, is there anything else that you want here? I'm like, no. And she goes, you're good to go. The other day, yeah. I got a I got a small bill from uh, from Canada from the Cedar Sinai in Toronto, and uh, who and again I thank all of the awesome staff and people there uh, doing a, a, an awesome job in a pretty freaky environment because like it's uh, it, it was pretty wild in there. Like people locking themselves in the bathrooms and screaming and wrecking shit. And there was <laughs> there was there was more police than there were patients in there. Um, wow. But yeah, they, they sent it to me and I sent it to my insurance and that'll all be taken care of. And uh, so. Yeah, it was it was pretty scary. There, there were a couple times later on, like while I was on tour, where I started to feel a little, little wonky, and I just 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 went back to the hotel room, took a nap, drank a lot of you know electrolytes and stuff like that, and was fine. And nothing has been bad. I went to a workout today that nearly killed me. So I think uh, I'm I'm in the kind of health where I can go kill myself on purpose now, and that's that's a positive step.
that's what counts. So in you? that story, and, and, oh, just no, no, uh, in no, that no. story, when did you tell? When did you alert the other people? Obviously, you called Morgan, but you weren't like I'm in an ambulance. So when did you just handle it all? Get back to the hotel before you talked to anybody about it. I, I let them know that evening and said that hey, I <clears throat> I fainted and whacked my head and uh, and I have some right. stitches and uh, there's nothing wrong with me except dehydration. So. <clears throat> The good thing about improv, if improv is like, like if we needed it, uh, you know, they, they could do the show without me. I mean, it would be a right a farce. It wouldn't be funny. Yeah, no, it would, it would either be funny. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it, it should, I, I don't recommend it. But no, but that, <laughs> I, we actually had people on call because we're in Toronto, which is that you know there there is a second city, or maybe there was a second city. Did they shut down Toronto Second City? I think they might have. Maybe uh, at I least the, I, I think they're doing it like in a smaller building because they used to have this awesome space, but I think that's gone. Uh, Spencer, you were saying before we started rolling on this one today that all the improv shows are uh, are going away in Los Angeles. Seems like yeah, like UCB doesn't exist anymore, does it? I don't know. Like yeah, I think, improv, I think improv Olympic is is defunct too. I don't know. Yeah, the Groundlings and, uh, will, will will carry on because uh, they charge you nine million dollars until you know. Well, that's the gonna, thing. Bef- that's what we were complaining. I was complaining about. I was like, I can't even spend twenty five thousand dollars to learn improv anymore. What's what's this country coming to? <laughs> Second City is still open in Chicago, Hollywood, and Toronto. Shut okay, up, yeah. Kevin. Well, I well, I think what I heard because our 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 musical director and, and who's live anyway, our show. And if you go to who's live dot com, uh, all of our upcoming dates are happening. We're doing loads of gigs all over the uh, the U.S. coming up uh, this uh, late summer and fall. And winner, nice, and and on into 2023. Uh, he's he was a musical director for Second City Toronto for 25 years. Bob Durkatch, who is just the Superman of awesomeness, I think he was saying that they closed down their big space. So I think they're operational, but maybe not in the in the room they used to be. I don't know. Yeah, a different space. That makes sense. Yeah. And speaking Around, of uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, speaking of funny people from Toronto or or, or Canada, uh, driving down the street and I hear, "Hey, Jeff." And there's a dude with silver-haired, young little cherub uh, in a convertible car. It was Dave Foley. I'll tell you what. There's maybe no nicer person to just hear you or hear them say your name out loud and turn around and see. It's just I it completely made my day. Just, just that Dave Foley went, hey, Jeff. And, uh, and, then, he, and then he drove straight in the uh, sidewalk and tried to kill me. And going back to the story about... <laughs> <laughs> the guy that saw me uh, pick my nose and we shared a lovely moment. I I completely ran him down and uh, he's, he's, uh, he's no longer with us. So. Well, you know, that's just sharing a different kind of moment in a lot of ways. And that's even more intimate. I would say, I think he went out on top. I think we shared a lovely moment. And I think, you know, when you've reached the pinnacle of, of human endeavor and enjoyment, um, just pull the plug, just time, time to go. And you know, what his last words were, thank you thank you and i went <laughs> to his funeral show, everybody <laughs> I, I went to his funeral i attended uh no one knew who i was it was it was a, it was a lovely service and uh, it was open casket and uh long story short i'm fucking him and i mean hell yeah i mean really really fucking him. well you couldn't possibly mean that you were really fucking him could you hmm? you couldn't have been really fucking him hmm. 
I took a little. I was going to say something really gross. I I I, I, I demur. I'm not going. I'm not going to say it. Damn. It, 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 well, it, it involved it involved fecal transplants, but I think it was a bridge too far. And I, I sometimes the better part of valor is discretion. No, I agree. I, I'd say yeah, I, yeah, definitely the better part of valor. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You like doing improv, Jeff? Is it fun? Is it? Does it get tedious? No, does it's, it it's get still, tiring? It's always it's fun. still fun. Like as I've said, uh, when 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 improv isn't fun, it's when you're doing it in a situation that's not set up for success. Like we're like like it's just not a it's not a like the audience isn't in the mood for it. like like if you're doing like a corporate event and no, nobody wants to see you do improv, corporate improv yeah. at, at a Pfizer corporate you know show. It's it's <laughs> it's Saturday night. It's the end of their fucking week talking about, uh, you know, you know, getting you addicted to their uh, overpriced drugs. All these people want to do is go, go to the bar, have a drink, cheat on their spouses and, and spread around uncurable uh, STDs and then give each other. They would be curable if it weren't for fucking Pfizer. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, Did you get, I probably took a Pfizer shot, so I really shouldn't throw stones, but um I'm a Moderna guy. That, that's that's when improv is not fun because the audience is not there to enjoy it. I, I'm very fortunate in the fact that when we do our shows, people are there because they know us and they like us, and so it's like it's, it's so set up for success that it's 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 just fun. Like we just get to go out there and goof off and uh, and uh, like it's the it's the best gig in the world. So I I love it. But speaking of UCB, like the one that was on Franklin in Hollywood. Uh, I did I did improv for free with you know the likes of Matt Gorley and some other people uh, back in the uh, early '90s through the '90s and you know to into the late '90s and we usually the cast would outnumber the audience and Woof. it was a lot of people of varying abilities and people that wouldn't you know you, you didn't work together enough constantly to really kind of get that cohesion and stuff like that so that's improv that was scary and <laughs> a little treacherous. Um, I don't like that improv. I like I like doing improv with famous people that people love. It's like if I go, if I walk on stage and Ryan St- Ryan Styles is there, it's like I'm I'm going to be okay. Like I sure. like I, um, if I hit a single and, and get on base, you know, like that, that I did my job. Ryan is out there hitting home runs and stuff like that. Like so, um, yeah, like we hit, we it, and we have Bob Durkash making music and our you know we we play lovely theaters and stuff like that. So it's it's fantastic. When I watch, if I go see an improv show that I'm not involved in, it terrifies me. I get really nervous watching other people do it. My friend mm-hmm. Joe Bill from uh, from Chicago Improv, from Annoyance Theater and uh, Improv Olympic and uh, Second City way back in the day and stuff like that. Well, Joe Bill, one of my favorite people. If you ever run into Joe Bill, uh, he's 11 feet tall and he will chain smoke and you will talk about philosophy of improv uh, until, the, until the bar shut down at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. in Chicago. It's the best. He took me to go watch some of the students at um, mm. at Improv Olympic in Chicago, and I was fucking flabbergasted. Uh, it was demoralizing because they're actually improvising like in a modern way. We're we're still doing uh, vaudeville comparatively. You know, it's it's that short form who's line kind of improv where it's you know it's just very joke oriented and gag oriented, and it's more about like being funny fast as opposed to creating something larger like characters and stories and stuff like that so i i left there just kind of <laughs> like a little little concerned for my next show because those those <laughs> kids are goddamn funny they're all going to take over the world but well, they already are 
they already are. Yeah, it's a shame. Did you have you, have you ever not done? Do it. I mean, podcasts are all improv. You're, you're not re- reciting anything right now. But have you ever done improv? Improv like like with a troupe and any, like something like that. No, I mean, uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't know that I like want to do improv. Like it's not like a desire of mine to go up and play as they say, but I do want to do it just to get, I don't know. I, you know, I used to be funny, Jeff. I don't know if you know this, but I actually used to be pretty funny. You know, I would do Harmontown and I was sometimes pretty funny and <laughs> I've lost a lot of those kind of like instincts and chops and stuff. And like, I, did, I, w- I never I really was... had a foundation. Yeah, go ahead. I, can, I, can I step in and completely disagree with you on that? Because the, sure. if anything has changed, it's the fact that you don't have a live audience anymore. You're incredibly good with a live audience because you are very good at reading the room and matching and, you know, like kind of like you, you, you pay attention to the vibe, whether you're, whether that's conscious or unconsciously uh, you, when you drop in a little, just jab a little, just funny tag to a conversation and stuff like that. Incredibly funny. But I think that's, that has a lot to do with you being in front of other human beings. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I appreciate you saying that. I don't, you know, I'm not going to be like, no way, you're wrong or whatever. But I, I think that's kind of what I mean. Like, I feel like I've lost a bit of that instinct. But yeah, maybe it's just not being in a in a in front of an audience. But like, I think I have a lot of natural talents. I think I'm good at timing, you know, and stuff like that. So there's stuff I have going for me. But I haven't like learned any of it. It's all just kind of naturalistic. Whereas a lot of people who have gone through improv training and stuff, they're just used to the the zip zap zop of it all or whatever you know and they're just kind of more worked out to an extent where it's like i kind of feel like i imagine myself going through some of that and being like oh man like with what i have already and then a little bit of you know training or whatever you know maybe i could be like not unstoppable but you know like maybe i could yeah really I, th- yeah. I, I think like doing like what we're doing right now like i i don't know i wouldn't say that we're trying to be funny necessarily or or for even succeeding at being funny i think occasionally something is funny you know <laughs> Um, but when you're not hearing the, the immediate laughter, except from, you know, looking at these small windows of you and, and Kevin, um, you have to do this thing where, uh, you have to pretend that there's a laugh there, which is, which kind of seems like a, seems to me to be a very arrogant (laughs) thing. It's just to like, pretend that what you said is funny and hear the laugh and leave, leave, leave a space for that laugh. Uh, because you've. I don't know. I think it's a, it's a mixture of not giving a shit at some point. It's just like, like, like uh, also, also uh, the tape delay is not good either. You know? Yeah. I, yeah, it, it, back to what you're asking about being back on the road and stuff like that. It is so fun to just, you know, go out there and, uh, and, and just have other human beings out there and laughing in the moment. The first gigs that we did were still like when we were coming out of the pandemic, all the theater is required proof of vaccination and masks on at all times, which was awesome because we got to go out and, you know, be on stage and make money again. And audiences got to go out and do stuff, but having a mask on for an hour and a half and laughing through it, that's not fun. <clears throat> that can't, you know, just, like just, just constantly steaming up your face with, you know, with, you know, laughter and it's, it's hard to hear audience suggestions and stuff like that. So not optimal. These days, yeah. like more recently, most theaters don't require it. A lot of people still wear them because, you know, they're sitting, you know, shoulder to shoulder with strangers and stuff. Um, some cities, strangely, are all about masks. And so, like, not like necessarily cities that you would think would be like, you know, liberal snowflake, you know, we're going to wear masks cities. And some of those cities, 
don't give a shit about masks and some really do some theaters mm-hmm. really care about it some care less about it and stuff like that so um but uh, it's it, it, it is nice to see people smiling again um i was never a big fan of fist bumping um i kind of <laughs> become a fist bumper because I, like i after you know two years of being afraid of you know being infected by everybody like i, I really don't like touching strangers as much as i used to i'm a very handsy person mm-hmm. um but i like being able to say goodbye to my friends and hug them and i like to be able to see uh see their uh, their teeth when they smile and shit like that so <laughs> yeah that makes sense uh, yeah, yeah i mean it's been weird i don't i look at people's shoes you know <laughs> so it's that's not necessarily something i pick up too much uh but yeah i get that makes sense you know you're great at eye contact you're really good at that um not me though you know, I've noticed, well, yeah, you, you, I, I think I don't know, that's not a compliment necessarily, but yeah, you're definitely right. Like I'm a total eye contact person. I, I, I look mm-hmm. at people, I look them in the eye and some people like that. And some people get very uh, uncomfortable by that. Um, yeah. I, I don't really give a turkey, but uh, I, it's just the sure. kind of a natural thing that I do. But and I've most noticed, people like it. Go I've ahead. noticed right. that like, I, it's, it's almost like I've been feeling like, if I, have I lost self-confidence because I don't feel comfortable walking up to somebody looking in them in the eye and talking as confidently as i used to do um just because we've our bubbles all got big and i yeah. feel my bubble being more easily burst by other people and i think everybody else does too a lot of other people do and so i've noticed yeah. that like i i kind of um speak a little less confidently sometimes like if i'm talking to a hostess at a restaurant or a host um that i i'm not really just like projecting my voice i kind of uh, uh, kind of just kind of stammer under my breath and you know say things twice because i didn't make myself clear it's it's um i think we all have to learn how to uh be social again. i think we'll or, get it uh, back you know i think we'll get it'll probably take a while like i think it's it's hard to like understand how like the subtle stuff comes into play but i think we'll get it back eventually but but who knows when you know yeah any romance in your life, Spencer? Oh, no. Um, there's, I don't know. I've been thinking about asking some people out or joining. You know, these dating apps, they're not good. It's like running a marathon, except instead of like running, you're just getting punched in the stomach, like really hard. It's like a really rough feeling as someone, you know. Uh, you ever play Sonic, Jeff? Uh, a few times, a friend of mine, is that Sega Genesis? Yeah, Sega Genesis, great game. I, I, anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Is it, is it, are, are we are we hearing this, the the Sonic? Oh uh, no! Theme oh song? no, Jeff, we're out of time. Oh my God, we're running out of time, Jeff. <laughs> hey, okay, oh, can no. I come back next? Can I come back next Sunday again? Because I, I I go on the road the week after that. Can I come join you one more time for the? I mean, once again for the uh, that happens. Well, I'd answer your question, but we're out of time. <laughs> All right, fuck you. No, no. You'll, 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 no, it's fine. We're fine. Uh, no, for sure. I'd love to have you back. Uh, and then at the week after that, you're going to be back on tour, right? Yes, I'm. I'm also going to be out uh, in stores uh, with a nationwide push in our new uh, uh, biome uh, pr- uh, improving uh, butt pills called Vizudis. Uh, uh Lick it, suck it, put it up your butt, and fuck it, and uh, and I'll see you at the poopies <laughs> good night no uh, uh so who's live visit anyway right who's live visit anyway.com the, tickets, the, the right? show is called the show is called who's live anyway the the, the website who's is who's 
I don't know. It's, yeah, it's Who's Live oh, anyway, sorry, sorry. And, the, and, and the website is Who's Live period dot com. We still have an old website that I won't even say it because it's the full name, and that website has been defunct for years, and it's very weird and confusing. <laughs> we're trying, we're still trying to get that gone. So Who's Live dot com with all of our tour dates and all that jazz. Come out and visit us, and if you come to the show. Uh, Send a message to us uh, here. That happens, and uh, I'll try to come out and say hi to visit you after the show, and we'll uh, we'll 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 get it on good and proper. Yeah, and if you talk to Jeff, let him know that I'm really funny and talented. Uh, I'm not sure why, <laughs> but hey, why not? Uh, I have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TheSixler. Uh, you know, give me money. The reason that you haven't been able, to, you know, I, I'm I, like I said, we've been doing these shows. We haven't missed a beat. We've been doing the shows the whole time, and I've heard nasty rumors that uh, if you actually subscribe to the Patreon, you could find those episodes. I, I can't verify. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. This, this but I've, like I've heard that people. I've heard that people who subscribe to my patreon have had a very easy time finding those episodes that the rest of you fucking idiots yeah. <laughs> haven't I been able to find i also have a patreon uh, story time with jeff b davis uh I, I i can't even in good conscience ask you to come do it because i've been so lazy on it um thank you to all the people that are on it and that have that have stuck with me while i've uh, just been a, a, a complete turd and, and and non-productive for the last several months but uh, i'm back in action and uh, and uh, i thank you all um spencer and kevin lovely to see you uh, and thank you for all for tuning in and uh, and listening to the dulcet tones of our voices and until next time we always end the segment the same way uh which is uh i say something just something stupid that i can't really think of uh such well, what, as, how about this what? is there anything going on in the news with uh, with nazis uh, uh, you know, uh, the Nazis are mad that Joe Brandon canceled the student debt. Um, <laughs> Joe, Joe Brandon, he's shitting on the Pope. You hear about Joe Brandon shitting on the Pope? I love this joke. I, I forget how it goes. <laughs> no, Joe Brandon shit on the Pope or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, but I think that's awesome. The Catholic church is a, uh, is a scourge <laughs> that has destroyed the lives <laughs> of many young children. So I think it's actually very based in red, red pilled of, uh, Joe Brandon to shit on the Pope. So, you know, that that's, that's what matters. Uh, good, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>